Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Thursday, Valley sports fans, as we plug to the end of another week. We've got a debut. We've got the grand opening of Kevin Durant. What else we got, Vinny? Uh, we got uh, workplace surveys. <laughs> workplace surveys. We've got uh, the combine going on. Workouts yes. actually start yes. today at the combine right. in Indianapolis. Yeah. So. We've got a sick Sarah Cazell, who's clearly sick of all of us. <laughs> Wouldn't you be? <laughs> How about it? Not nah, maybe not all of us. And, and you know, I don't know if you saw this story, but I told that tale about the tale of Ozymandias, right? The 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 eternal tale of how a man, even the greatest of men, grow old and irrelevant mm-hmm. happens to everybody. So Joe Montana had a jersey that's that sold for a record one point two million dollars, and it it busted a record that was held by Tom Brady. And I thought for a minute that wow, if you're Joe Montana. That probably is a quick little ego boost. If you're dealing with all these issues that we discussed, Mm -hmm. he's a dude who's getting old and realizing that nobody talks about me anymore. I'm not that dude anymore. Okay, so he has a moment last night. I read this story about his jersey that sold for one point two million dollars, said this jersey that he wore, he wore in successive Super Bowl victories. And I thought to myself, would that ever happen in this day and age? Could a player ever wear the same jersey to consecutive Super Bowls? I I doubt that that would happen because of memorabilia reasons. Right. Different patch on the Super Bowl. You know, if, yeah. if something significant happens, they probably want to get each one authenticated. Exactly. Each one is worth a lot of money yeah. by themselves. I don't so think that would ever so happen maybe again. back when Joe Montana was playing, maybe they didn't have any of those kind of Patches or something like that that you know set them apart. I don't. I thought that was weird. A jersey he wore in two Super. Oh wow, that would never happen in this. Back in those days, though, they might have had one jersey for the full, like one red jersey and one white jersey for the full year. Yeah, uniforms were different back then. No, you're right about that. You're absolutely right. I have absolutely. I have a local story about that. Okay, the second year of the Arizona Wranglers in the USFL, they played 18 regular season games. Three playoff games. They made it all the way to the championship. 21 games in a season, they wore the same jersey over and over and over again because the the order for their second jersey never came through. They were supposed to have a red home jersey. They they never got them. That's like what happened to you when you tried to get the Valley jersey or the hat. The hat, yeah. Did it ever arrive, Vinny? No. I have another shopping uh, on the internet store. I got totally hosed on something. Oh, no. Oh, no. Total oh, scam no. company. Oh, no. Yeah. What happened? What'd you try to buy? That's going to sound stupid. <laughs> An ad popped up, uh, like one of those targeted ads. And I was like, 
That's cool. That's something I need. It was, I have a lot of shoes. I've got a shoe problem. It was a shoe organizer. It was like a cabinet and it, it folded out. It was, I was like, this is exactly what I need to get organized. Uh-huh. Yeah, the company that was selling it is a total scam company. Really? They oh, sent, no. They sent like a scarf. And then I'm, I'm like, all right, I didn't get my thing. I'm, tra- I'm tracking the package. It says it was delivered. Yeah, they delivered a scarf, not what I ordered. So then I, you know, emailing customer service. And then I, I did a, a Google search on the company. And, and it's, it's the same experience for, ev- scam for everybody. After- they don't have customer wow. service. You just get they scarves? They just have scarves. Yeah, so I'm out 50 bucks. Well, yeah. maybe they were trying to tell you you need a new hobby. You need to start collecting something different than I shoes. I need to stop buying crap. Well, the there you go. From non-reputable company. Yeah. That, was, yeah. that was just dumb on my part. What you need to do is check the security on your credit card information that you put o- online, oh, too. Oh, yeah. I checked it. I check it regularly now. Stupid. Just dumb. <laughs> That's great. Mm. All right. Ferret, start the show. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Oh, the beginning of the KD era in Phoenix was a success. Suns notched a 105-91 win over the Charlotte Hornets at Spectrum Center. Suns jumped out to an 11-0 lead, never trailed in the game. Durant's first bucket as a Sun came at just 154 into the contest on a driving layup on the night. Played almost 27 minutes, did Kevin Durant. Scored 23 points on a very efficient 10 of 15 shooting performance. Added six rebounds, two assists, two block shots. Devin Booker led the Suns with 37. DeAndre Ayton added 16 and 16 for Phoenix, who continue their road trip Friday night in Chicago against the Bulls. The Bulls! Uh... Yeah, it was our first. It was obviously wasn't our first time watching Kevin Durant play. When a player of that quality plays for your team, you watch differently. I wondered if Kevin Durant even had a bead of sweat on him. He made everything look so effortless, didn't he? Everything about last night looked effortless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and that was the beauty of it. Yeah, for for three players, it looked effortless. No, I think for, just team. Well, yeah. yes, you can, again. Are you going to get lost in the eighth, ninth, tenth guy on the bench when you've got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker? No, but you no. can you can certainly have concerns about okay. the fourth. Fifth and sixth guys. Well, I guess, didn't, yeah, didn't true. Really true. Much. True. Uh, we'll have a lot on KD's debut and the Suns uh, on today's show, obviously. Lakers dealing with another injury as big man Anthony Davis missed last night's game in Oklahoma City against the Thunder with a foot injury. Same foot that caused Davis to miss 20 games in December and January, but the uh, Lakers did not to win over the Thunder. Last night, elsewhere in the NBA, the Bucks made 26 three pointers in a 139 117 route of Orlando. Everybody got into the act. Nobody had more than four. Grayson Allen, Brooke Lopez, Joe Ingles, and A.J. Green all had four trays for the Bucks. Giannis, 31 points. Milwaukee's won 16 straight. Boston stayed just a half game behind Milwaukee in the East with a 117 113 win over Cleveland. Jason Tatum had 41. The Knicks won their seventh straight. They beat up on the Nets, 142 to 118. Jalen Brunson had 39. Cam Johnson had 33 in the loss for the wow. Nets. Uh, Desmond Bain had 30 points to lead Memphis in a 113-99 win over Houston. Speaking of Memphis. Oh, yeah, John Morant. What an upstanding, fine young man he is. Grizzlies guard John Morant has been accused of repeatedly punching and flashing a gun at a 17-year-old and threatening a mall security guard, according to police records obtained by Molly Hensley Clancy of the Washington Post. The accusations of the uh, teenager stem from a pickup game at Morant's house last summer. 
The documents read that Morant punched the teen 12 or 13 times after a ball uh, slipped through his hands and hit Morant in the face. Then Morant went into the house, reemerged with a gun visible in the waistband of his pants, and had his hand on the weapon. He's got a father who caused a scene in an NBA game. He's got a mother who caused a scene at the mall. He's got a crew around him that causes scenes everywhere they go. This kid is out of control. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the incident at the mall, I mean, Paul Blart's just doing his job. Yeah. Uh, John Morant gets a call from his mom. She's in a distur- you know, a dispute with somebody at a at a shoe store. Uh-huh. Oh, he uh, rolls yeah. up with nine guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, and telling people I'm going to find out when dude gets off work. Yeah. Okay, and All that's right. after the whole. Okay, Tony Montana, the laser, okay. the laser pointer yeah. situation with the yeah. Indiana Pacers. This kid, this kid this is, is not the right. Talk about Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals announced their finalized coaching staff on Wednesday. Buddy Morris returns in his role as strength and conditioning coach. Spencer Whipple also returns as the passing game sp- specialist under new coordinator Drew Petzing. A lot of these hires had been rumored. They're now finalized to get a look at all of the coaches on Jonathan Gannon's staff. You can check out Arizona Sports or the uh, Sports app or ArizonaSports.com. Coyotes fell in Dallas 4-2 to the Stars. They trailed 3-2 with 4:09 left in the third period. Yotes went on a power play after a tripping call on Dallas's Colton Miller. Instead of tying it up, Dallas scored a shorthanded goal 21 seconds later uh, to provide the winning margin. Coyotes return home to host Carolina Friday night at Mullet Arena. Before yesterday's game, the Yotes got real busy on the trade front. They shipped their two best defensemen out of town. First, defenseman Shane Gostisbehere to uh, Carolina in exchange. How do you pronounce that guy's name, Jarrett? Goats, goats be here. Goats goats be here. I think that was okay. a French... Uh, yeah. No, that's Robespierre. That Robespierre, yeah. yes. Shane Robespierre on his way <laughs> still, to Carolina. Still around? In exchange for a 2026 third round pick, he had 10 goals and 21 assists in 52 games and was second on the team in average time on ice, 22 minutes and 30 seconds, behind only Jacob Chikrin. Oh, and by the way, then the Coyotes traded Chikrin himself to the Ottawa Senators for a conditional first round pick in 2023, a conditional second round pick in 2024, and uh, another second round pick in 2026. Not a bad haul for him. I'm not sure it's what they were hoping to get for Jacob Chikrin at one point in time, but, you know, it was the cut bait time. It was because the deadline is tomorrow. Yeah. I don't think it's what they ultimately want. Yeah, well, you to, to don't want any two, real yeah. two top defensemen without getting a real prospect in the system yet. And they're all uh, conditional. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. College hoops in the final weekend of the Pac-12 and another huge opportunity for Arizona State coming off their big win in Tucson on Saturday. Devils in Los Angeles to take on number four UCLA at Pauley Pavilion. Tip off at seven. Pre-game coverage starting on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7 yeah. at 6.30. And if the Devils, if the Devils move, uh, beat the Bruins on the road, uh, they might move up one spot in the coaching <laughs> poll. They might. They I, might. Yeah, they might get up to about 33, 32 maybe. They might get close to the bubble if they do that. They'll be firmly in that uh, last four teams in. What a joke. Uh, Arizona, the eighth-ranked Wildcats, they are in Los Angeles as well to face USC tonight at 9. Uh, GCU got a road win at Southern Utah last night, 83-78. ASU women's basketball, their season is over. The 12th-seeded Sun Devils fell 81-70 in overtime to UCLA in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament. They rallied from 12 points down in the fourth quarter to force OT, but then got outscored 19-8 in the extra period. It was a rough first season for new coach Natasha Adair. 8-20 overall, 1-17 in conference play. Uh, UCLA moves on to take on fifth-seeded Arizona today. D-backs victorious in Cactus League play. They beat the Giants 8-5 in Scottsdale. Carson Kelly homered in the second, knocked in two with a single in the fourth. D-backs jumped out to a 6-0 lead. Dre Jamison started for the D-backs. Two perfect innings with two strikeouts. 
Arizona in uh, Glendale today to face uh, the Dodgers at Camelback Ranch 105. First pitch with Ryan Nelson getting the start. There you go. There's your splash on a busy Thursday, March 2nd. Coming up next, we finally got to see it. Kevin Durant in a son's uniform. And I would say, I don't know, I'll go out on a limb here, Bick. Mm. Looked pretty good. Uh, we get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Thursday. Live from the Octane Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Booker able to track it down, gives to Paul, who fakes the three. Now Durant trailing the play, hesitates, takes it to the rim, and lays it in. There you go, the first bucket for KD in his son's uniform, and it comes on a dribble drive and a left-hand finish. I was solid. I felt like I should have made about four more shots. Um, I felt like uh, I turned the ball over a couple times off the trap. I, you know, it was just getting getting used to that again. And I lost the ball off the handle, going to my left, so I got to get that stronger too. So. Just looking at the stuff I didn't do well and seeing how I can turn that into a strength next game. There wasn't a lot Kevin Durant didn't do well last night. He went 10 of 15 from the floor, but feels like he should have made four more of those shots. Can you imagine if we were talking about a 14 for 15 debut Yeah, for Kevin Durant? It all went well. 23.6 rebounds. Suns get a win. 105-91 over the Charlotte Hornets. And the anticipation was... I, I got so antsy. It was it, it was weird. I was I was doing my, my show prep yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it got to be about 3.45, and we're an hour and 15 minutes away, and I just got so jittery. I'm like, I have to leave. I have to go somewhere, get out of the house, wow. just to kill the time because I thought For it was going to be a regular season game in yes, Charlotte. Yes, it was going to be one of those situations where it took too long. Wow. So timed it up well, got to see the this game. It's going to be an interesting few weeks. It is. And just the you know the visuals of, of all of it. You know, We'd seen the Photoshop pictures, and then we saw some of the photo session pictures that Kevin Durant was doing for promotional reasons, but to see him take the floor in the uniform and actually play. And, yeah, it looked a lot different uh, than what we've seen from the Suns. We expected it to. This is not a finished product by any stretch. There's going to be a lot of tweaking, tweaking by Durant, tweaking from other players. And I think one of the things that stood out yesterday is we're going to see a lot of tweaking Mm -hmm. from the head coach in terms of rotation as well. Yeah, I I think uh, the number one takeaway was exactly that, that it was really good for the moment to finally arrive. And and you got a quick reminder of how good Kevin Durant is at scoring the basketball and how, you know, he's he's an elite player. I don't think that surprised anybody, did it, that Kevin Durant's really good at basketball? No, that didn't surprise anybody. No, but I, it was just the surreal nature of watching him wearing Suns colors. That's yes. what it is. It's and so and again, I don't I don't think the outcome really was was anything that that really mattered a ton. Uh, and but I do think the way the game proceeded was exactly what you hope to see, where it just seemed easy. Because you were overwhelming an inferior team with elite talent. Yes. One of my takeaways, too, was Charlotte came into that game having won five straight. I'm like, how? Who did they play? Were they playing high school teams? Well, it's, they, it's not a very good team. They also lost LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball, too. obviously. So it's, yeah. not like they, it's not like they were a red-hot team the Suns were playing. I mean, you could make a comment. You could make a case that they were on a good roll. But yes. it's not well, like they were playing good comp. That was not a good team they were playing last night. No, I don't and, think. and it showed. But it, uh, it, to me... The the result, yes, you expected the Suns to win. They won handily. They never trailed in the game. They jumped out to an 11-point lead. 
uh, and it was pretty much just protecting that lead for the rest of the game. But that's not a game you can lose, and that's what kind of throws a wrench into all of this. Is like, okay, Kevin Durant. Now there's 19 games left. How do the Suns integrate him? How healthy and geared up for the playoffs does he get in terms of conditioning? But you also have to consider the wins and losses as well because it is still a very crowded playoff picture and seeding is of the essence. I don't think the Suns want to go in, uh, obviously, as a play-in team. They, you know, if they mm-hmm. had their druthers, you want a top four seed to have home court advantage in, in the first round of the playoffs. Um, there's, there's probably, as, as this rolls on, there's going to be Matchups that you'd rather avoid early mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So all of those, like things, their current matchup versus Golden State in the first round. Um, there's I, a lot of tricky first round matchups. Not just Golden State. There there's is. a lot of tricky potential first round matchups. Do you want to play the defending champions in the first round? Probably not. But that Golden State's not at the top of the list of teams that that I would be fearing if mm-hmm. I was the Suns. Right. But not, they've shown the ability to rally, and, and and they'll rally around a cause unless they're completely broken, and they might be. They might be, and, and and you know Curry's going to be back soon. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, but yeah, last night uh, it was it was about Kevin Durant. He talked about how he felt he uh, fit in. I feel like I fit in pretty well. Um, everybody, everybody out there was trying to make me as comfortable as possible. Coaches and players as well, and you know, so um, just got to keep keep grinding, man. And you know, this this jersey on me will look normal in a couple. You know, as games go on, as we start to keep building who we are as a team, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, though. Yeah, one of the things I think that stood out too early was, and this came up in all of the discussion because we had three weeks to talk about all these possibilities. Kevin Durant is one of the most devastating offensive players this game has ever seen. Mm-hmm. But everybody would say, he's a really good defender too. And he flashed that early, mm-hmm. absolutely smothering a couple of shots early. Uh, Monty Williams, the head coach, talked about Durant's underrated defense. It's, it's one of the one part of his game that you know you have to be really really good offensively which he is to not talk about his defense because he's pretty good it just speaks to how good he is on offense but most people don't talk about the defense he's always had a tenacity about him on the ball and I think that's something that you know got us going early when he was able to get those those two block shots just guarding the ball and that that's something that we pride ourselves on being able to guard the ball so we don't have to help yeah, uh, Devin Booker played a great game as well. 37 points to lead the Sun. Shot a high percentage, 15 of 26. He talked about finally getting to play with KD. Uh, it was a good time. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, Kev, somebody that I, I have high respect for. And, you know, it's one of those moments that, you know, it doesn't really feel real. I'm going to take it day by day. And, you know, just watching him from a little bit closer. I can't say it far no more, but, you know, it just brings the best out of everybody. Yeah, it, it, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think it brought bad, bad, brought out the best in everybody. I thought Booker was on a different level last night. I thought DeAndre Ayton, especially on the defensive glass, was on a different level. He mm-hmm. was he was grabbing rebounds with tenacity and little doubt. There's a lot of times where DA will get on the boards and either you know fumble a ball or tip it to himself. He was grabbing rebounds like he wanted them last mm-hmm. night. Does that uh, does that hold true moving forward? We'll see. But he's talked about you know being influenced by Kevin Durant and the work ethic and yeah. everything. It's it's one, he's going to do what he does. He's going to yeah, go up and down and I up tend, and down. And I up tend and to down. agree with that. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, Kevin Durant, I, he played a little bit more than he expected to. He got some run late in the game. Uh, which I thought was a little bit surprising. I thought mm-hmm. he had been done, and Same. I thought the game was, was in in hand. 
Uh, Monty talked about that too. Minute restriction. Game was pretty comfortably in in command at that point, but uh, he went back into the game. Yeah, just, you know, everything right now is about conditioning, but it's also about team conditioning, you know, down the stretch. Even in a game like that where you feel like you have a good chance to win the game, um, there's certain things that happen in those environments, whether it be a a pick-and-roll coverage where we got to space the floor effectively or just getting the ball in bounds versus pressure down the stretch. And... You know, in those environments, it'll, it'll be Chris, Book, and Kevin down there um, handling the ball. And so I wanted to, you know, try to space the minutes out tonight where I could finish with them. And um, I just wanted him back out there with those guys just to see how it would look. Yeah, we can get more into this later on in terms of the rotations and what it looks like moving forward. I was a bit surprised there were several instances in the game where, again, there was five bench players on the floor. And when you mm-hmm. got four players of the quality that the Suns do in their top four, that mm-hmm. probably shouldn't happen. Well, I I think they've got to, well, Monty Williams has got to whittle down. There's got to be two to three guys who are going to be on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty clear. They it, There's going to be a mad scramble to find what is what are the best combinations here uh, that we can use around these guys but again it's it's we're, we're talking about something that if this thing works at the level we hope it will and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant were there Chris Paul was I, I, I'm still a little bit a little little hesitant to what we're going to see from him in the weeks ahead and, yeah, and the I, playoff grind but if I'm, I'm in that club with, with you man but I, if he but if he gets there everything else is just it's going to be just pieces on a chessboard man I'm telling you it's the, the way that the way de- a couple things I took away from this number 1 Kevin Durant and how he operated and moved about the floor looked very easy very very seamless mm-hmm. there was there was decent flow among this team and I think Kevin really kind of dug you could tell he dug the vibe of this team this the the encore demeanor of the team and he looked very happy afterwards and maybe it's just one game maybe it's the newness maybe it's like you said the importance of okay thank goodness we didn't lose that one at least we got off to a good start um but yeah this was to me without being without having any major headlines or any major highlight reel moments that was about as reassuring of a game as you could have hoped for yeah because there was a stretch early in the fourth quarter when durant was out there with four bench players and Charlotte had whittled that lead down to six, and uh, hey, they're not going to go away. And every time down the floor, Durant got to a spot and just calmly knocked down they, a shot. They, as we know this, we've seen super teams in the NBA. Whether or not you want to put a definition to super teams or not, the super teams I've watched in the NBA, they always seem to live in the same space. And that is most games, they are 10 to 15 points ahead of you. You might get it to six, they're getting it back to 13. Yeah. You, they might stretch it to 19. You might get it back to 13, but they're they're in that window uh-huh. where the, you're always at arm's length from them. Yes, and I felt that last night. Yeah, where there's just no panic that sets. No, it's getting a little tight on the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah, well, let's, no, let's, yeah let's be, right, let's be real fair. about this. All right, go ahead. All right, uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, developments with an NFL draft prospect that could have big ramifications on what the Arizona Cardinals do at number three. We'll get into the latest with Jalen Carter. Straight ahead, it's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Thursday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Which, that's, you know, like a new young nucleus. 
which that's, you know, I know Monty and, and Michael have heard me say this multiple times. Everything, everybody that we bring in here or that is here or that will be a Cardinal will have elite football character because you will not hit your ceiling if you don't have that. And what I mean by that is, is you have to be team first. And that's how we're going to build this team. Uh, that is Jonathan Gannon, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, back on February 16th, talking about elite football character. Mm. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that statement from Jonathan Gannon. Uh, but <laughs> can you? the question we'll start with is, uh-huh. can you have elite football character and put your team first if you can't have character off the football field? And well, this pertains it, to Jalen yeah, Carter right yes. now. Yeah, it does pertain to Jalen Carter because th- there are some people who think that, you know, Jalen Carter as a top potential top four draft pick um, in the upcoming NFL draft, he was looking at compensation anywhere between 35 and 38 million bucks. And that is now out the window. I, I don't know where Jalen Carter's going to end up. It ain't going to be top five of the draft. Um, so Jalen Carter left the combine yesterday, went back basically turned himself in to answer for charges of these misdemeanors, was released 16 minutes later, mm-hmm. and here we are. And Quite I, a day for him. Yeah, and I don't know if he's back in Indianapolis. Today, the on-field workouts mm-hmm. start for different positions, including defensive yep. linemen. I don't think Carter was going to, going to participate anyway, but I'm not sure if he's back in Indianapolis or not. If you're unfamiliar with the story, mm-hmm. Jalen Carter was charged with uh, reckless driving and racing in connection with a crash that killed a teammate and a recruiting staff member. Now, the police documents from that night, initially Jalen Carter told police, I I heard the accident from a nearby apartment complex. Then he said he had been driving behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's all this question of whether or not he saw basically two teammates perish in a car accident and left the scene. And left the scene. Uh, because, I mean, well, uh, the blood alcohol level of his teammate in the other car was a point one nine seven. So that led people to think, OK, did Jalen Carter flee the scene because he, too, was intoxicated? Well, they were at a club prior to that. I suppose if you wanted to get crazy, you could go back and check out the tapes. I don't know. Do they have do they have cameras filming in strip clubs? Vinny? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> So well, I'm sure in certain areas they well, do. So what well, the point is is this is I mean th- there are there are reasons why you could imagine a person like Jalen Carter might flee that scene but, if it, had he been drinking and had a moment of oh my goodness my friend is back there in that fiery ball back there and uh, you have a moment of clarity that oh my god what are we doing here I, I don't know I, I don't think there was any clarity yeah. but the well, Atlanta Journal Constitution yeah. reported Carter denied racing to the officer who observed no signs that the defensive lineman had been drinking. Mm-hmm. So if he's sober and racing with a drunk teammate... Well, that's even... Yeah, that's 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 bad, too. That's a total lack yeah. of judgment. Oh, my goodness. And so he is, yes, this young man is... Uh, he's going to pay for this in his draft status. I, it's not going to... It's not going to end his career because these are not criminal charges that he's... These are misdemeanors, like I said. Um, for now, I, I, I don't want to go down a, a legal rabbit yes. hole here, but I will say that it's weird because we were kind of following this story in real time. Yesterday morning, I don't know why... I was just doing some prep about the draft, and I just did a Google search in Jalen Carter's name, and a story had just posted in Georgia about, hold on here, there might be something weird happening here, 
And you know, I brought that up very early, and it, it, it the story progressed as the morning went on yeah. to the point where there were actually NFL media surrounding his podium at the Combine in Indianapolis. Yeah, waiting for him to speak. Yeah, and yeah. He- and then, he, but they were then told he, he's not going right. to speak. Yeah, it's uh, like the Von Trapp family singers at the end of Sound of Music. <laughs> They're all waiting for him to come out. They were gone. <laughs> Any of those Von Trapp kids get drafted high? <laughs> uh, Jalen Carter received a or released a statement on his social media yesterday uh, that read, uh, and I don't know if if uh, Eric Burkhart was behind this, but it was in all caps. Uh, This morning I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. Numerous media reports have also circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15th, 2023. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all of the facts are known that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. Yeah. That's pretty distinct. Well, criminal pretty, wrongdoing. Pretty, pretty yeah. strong words, yes. Yes. But, you know, as it pertains to the Arizona Cardinals at number three, and we'd been talking, you know, a little bit as we get closer to the draft pick about the options that the Cardinals could have. You know, the fact that Jalen Carter, I agree with you, Jalen Carter probably is knocked down everybody's draft board right now. Well, um, and out of the top three. So, you know, selfishly talking so, about it from a football standpoint, the Cardinals lose a little flexibility there. Well, here's what. Yeah, you're yeah, you're right. By uh, by those standards, you're, you're right about that. And this is what's weird about it. So Jalen Carter now, I, I don't know. Again, this is very early in this process, but you would assume he's going to slide. OK, and, and so it and, and the more he slides, let's say conceivably, if he gets down into the 20s, then when you get down to that territory down there, the teams are exonerated from taking chances on guys. It's the Robert Kimdichie thing, although their situations are not the same. If you've got a lower round draft pick, you can be absolved from taking chances on guys like this. If you've got a top five pick, it's irresponsible to draft a guy uh-huh. after something like this. But if you're Andy Reid at 32 and Jalen Carter sitting there. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect example. Another perfect example of it that worked out for the Cardinals, rolling the dice on Tyron Matthew in the third round. Yeah. He was a guy that had a lot of baggage attached to him, and it worked out, and he's had a great NFL career, and Steve Keim at that time used the foresight to make that pick. And it was was criticized by Mm -hmm. a lot of people because of what Tyron Matthew had been through at his time at LSU, getting kicked off the team, essentially. You're right. I mean, Andy Reid can roll the dice. Mm -hmm. Monty Austin Ford can't do that right now. And as it stands right now, you said it. It's key. It's early. We've seen the statement from Jalen Carter. He might be exonerated in all of this. But as it stands right now in the morning of March Mm -hmm. 2nd, I don't have, if I'm Monty Austin Ford, I am not considering Jalen Carter an option at number three. Right. I, this is curious. No, uh, neither am I. I. There's no way. And I don't think anybody's going to. And, and how it affects now the top of the draft is what's going to be interesting because the Chicago Bears are in a position, if they're really going to keep Justin Fields, where they can trade out of the number one pick. But I've been telling you all along as a kid who grew up there that this is a city that loves defense the way Baltimore Ravens fans love defense, the way New York Giants fans love defense. They'll fall in love with Will Anderson and they'll, they, they could just draft him number one overall and they'd be super happy everyone would celebrate it you know this is the city of big shoulders okay so if that happens you're you're the you're the cardinals at three and now there's two quarterbacks still sitting there if it goes that route now i think the bears would be pretty dumb to not maximize on this and trade out of it 
but, but the Bears are pretty dumb. But the Bears are pretty dumb. <laughs> so. That's what it, the Bears are pretty dumb. And then when you get in and it, you get past that point of, of bringing in an impact player, you might just go, no, we'll just keep this. We'll just draft a defensive player. This could have all sorts of repercussions, ramifications. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's early, so there's going to be a lot of developments. I wonder how much this will be talked about today in Indianapolis and any updates with uh, Jalen Carter's situation. Uh, coming up next, there is a lot of activity at the Combine in Indianapolis, and with activity comes interesting comments from around the league, and we'll get into some of those next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings on this Thursday, live from the Oxchain Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley and Murata. I've always said, and it's my, my own personal philosophy, it's cute, it's sexy to play Golden State Warriors football in September and October when the weather's good, but the teams that are playing in January and into February are teams that play tough defense and teams that are able to run the ball, and so you got to be able to do those things. That is the uh, voice of Rand Carthon, the new general manager of the Tennessee Titans, who came over from the San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. organization. Uh, and by all accounts, has been uh, viewed as a great hire by, by the t- Tennessee Titans. That is a very curious comment <laughs> for a number of reasons. Uh, first, consider where Rand Carthon came from. Mm-hmm. He came from San Francisco, who ran the ball, played really tough defense. They haven't won a Super Bowl since 1994. That's 29 years. You talk about um, the Golden State War using Golden State Warriors as kind of like that pretty boy football thing uh, that we heard about from from the uh, Raiders talking about the Cardinals early in Cliff Kingsbury's tenure mm-hmm. as kind of an insult. The Golden State Warriors actually win titles, and thirdly, the team that is again atop the NFL and in possession of the Lombardi Trophy is a team in the Kansas City Chiefs. That doesn't really run the football all that well. They did in the Super Bowl, yeah, but that's not their calling card. It mm-hmm. was just a weird statement altogether. And, and Tennessee's identity has been grinded out and and built yeah. through the run, and they've done nothing yeah. in the grand scheme of things. I, I do think, I do think, though. I, listen, uh, the Forty ers I'm not going to throw the hate on them because I think they've done a lot that they sh- their fan base should be proud of. I mean, getting yes. to the cusp of championship games with Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy and and being in the game, I mean, that's what you want. So, even though they don't have a title, they're right in it year after year after year, regardless of who's playing quarterback. That's quite an accomplishment. So I don't think that. that, I'm not belittling that. I think that's that really is becoming for them. But if it's he's talking about the subject of winning championships. But, well, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and you know, it's... I, I'm I'm curious to see how this guy is going to work out because it's, it's Kyle Shanahan is the new Sean McVay. Yeah, he is the, the the let's poach Sean McVay guys. Let's find Sean McVay guys. That's kind of that's kind of over with. People well, are wondering if Sean McVay is over with. Yeah, but but look at the last two coaching cycles. I mean, Mike McDaniel gets plucked from San Francisco mm-hmm. to go to Miami two years ago. This year, D'Amico Ryan's at you know his young age. Yep. What is he thirty six? Yep. Uh, you know he's he's a head coach mm-hmm. in the league in Houston now. So. Yeah, um, so the yeah, luster is, is definitely off the McVeigh tree. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it, it'll be interesting to see because it, because he is so much a force of personality. If if he really has burnt out, then you know I don't know I don't know what the team does about mm-hmm. that. So Eric, that, they, they if that is true, they would be the ultimate example 
through history of a team that went all in, won one championship, yep. and then just made a crater as a franchise for a few years. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they won a championship in their own building um, in a year that COVID allowed fans to be in the building, which they really didn't in Tampa when the Bucks won theirs. And it had very little impact on the Los Angeles sporting scene. I mean, are the Rams are the Rams suddenly rivaling USC? No, <laughs> no. And the Lakers? No. It's it is really crazy that that the city of Los Angeles has two NFL teams and neither of them are the one LA wants. That's the Raiders. That's the true. one who want her in Vegas. And now they're in Vegas. Yeah, and that was something crazy in real time. Everybody knew that too. Yep. And I, I don't know how what fell through on the negotiations there. Yeah. Well, again, it's I, I think what happens now, you, you're seeing it in college athletics, college football, everywhere. People get enamored with size of markets, and they don't take into a, uh, account what is the personality of that market? What is the soul of that market? <laughs> but what all those potential eyeballs want? on our yeah. product. Yeah, but if they're not but watching, they're not it watching. doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's, let's put a hockey team in Atlanta. It's you know things yeah, that like it's, in right. real, real time don't make sense, and then they just try to do it. I mean, you can bring this stuff into companies and sell them. Look at our market size. Okay, how many people are actually watching this product? Not many. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's the Rams are very an interesting study right now because again, it's early. Reading the tea leaves, looking forward to the th- th- this this upcoming season. Them and the Cardinals are going to be battling it out for for last place in the NFC West again. It appears that mm-hmm. way, but and the Rams did they, they they pushed everything into the middle of the table. They you know punted on their draft. They didn't care. They signed all these veterans who are now you know slowly leaving the roster. Was it worth it? Yes, they won a Super Bowl. <laughs> it's all about winning a Super Bowl. I think it makes it worth it. It's going to be a it's going to be a rough few years for the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Make no doubt about I, it. And again, but I just I I don't know. I mean, how many lives were changed by the Rams Super Bowl for the better? How many sports fans felt like okay, now I'm now I'm electric? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't know what the impact of that football team is. I just I, I whenever I'm there, I don't feel it. I'll tell you that. Especially you know? if if a year from now. If Matthew Stafford is retired, if Sean McVay retires, mm-hmm. there's really nothing lingering over from that era of football. I think Aaron Donald's got one year left. Yeah, Aaron Donald, yeah. another one that's almost on his way out. I, I just, I think there's something about the the L.A. sports fan where it's like, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if if it's a quirk of the market, but the idea of having somebody else's retreads like that, like a team from St. Louis, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Or maybe they have too much. Yeah, I don't but, know. I don't know. The Dodgers came if from know, Brooklyn. Yeah, the Lakers came well, from Minneapolis. True. I mean, yeah, it all started all came that from way. Someplace. I don't know. Um, have you ever, outside of Mikel Bridges, do you know a Rams fan? <laughs> I know one. Yeah. Of all the people I know in my life, I can confidently identify one. And were they a, a fan, fan from St. Louis? Or yes. Yeah. Yes. For some weird reason, <laughs> <laughs> so they were. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that that Kurt I mean, Warner, the Kurt Warner show team. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was one of the funner teams yeah. ever to watch. So I, I get that, and he's he's of that age, you know, early thirties to where that was really impactful on mm-hmm. him. Um, elsewhere from the uh, NFL Combine in Indianapolis, lots to talk about the Lamar Jackson situation, a situation that has not been. Resolved. He wants a fully guaranteed contract to make him one of the highest paid quarterbacks. 
Will he get the franchise tag? We don't know. Eric DeCosta, the GM of the Ravens, uh, made no bones about it yesterday. Well, you can't win in this league without a strong quarterback. I mean, that's been proven. So we want Lamar here. Um, we think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's certainly one of our best players, uh, and we want him back. And so, yeah, we understand that. Uh, living in a world without a quarterback is a is a bad world to live in. Uh, and I think there's a lot of GMs and coaches who would probably say that, who are living in that world right now. We're aware of that. Um, I think we've been uh, blessed since 2008 to have Joe Flacco and, and Lamar Jackson. And uh, my goal is to continue that. Yeah, John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Ravens. He's my quarterback. He's my guy. I love him. And uh, as a coach, I just, I'm just i looking forward to seeing it get done. But it's not easy. You know, It's never easy. It's the business part of it. So, um, But I'm really hopeful and excited, fervently hopeful, and uh, can't wait for it to get done. Yeah, so I think this is a little bit of a play by the Ravens side now. What if we lose this guy? We can't, we can't lose him. we got to have him. Um, Did you see reports that the NFLPA is putting pressure and saying, do not move off the guaranteed money if you're a Lamar Jackson? Get 100%. Reset reset the market. Mm -hmm. Well, he's the guy to do it. He he would be the one guy that would devote himself to doing just that. He I, would. To his own detriment, I think. Because he's the, he's got nobody in his ear, right. an agent saying, yes. hey, you know, waiting for that commission. <laughs> and nobody's doing that. So he is the guy to to represent that stance from from the NFLPA, uh-huh. but from a from a logic standpoint, that's the guy that you're going to give a hundred percent guaranteed to with that style of play. It could be a very short career for Lamar Jackson, and I'm not saying that. You know, I, easy, I respect the way he plays football. Yeah, the easy answer here, I think, would be the easy out for Lamar Jackson if he wants to stay in Baltimore is get a hundred percent guaranteed, but make it a three year deal. Just make it shorter. Because I'm sure some some owner would sign off on that. No, you don't think so. You think, think you that, think owners conceptually no, 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 are going to shut that down? No, 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 Just like a player is going to push for it. I think the Lamar Jackson half of it. Yes, I yeah. think the years is as big as the guaranteed money because, like you said, he's he could get hurt and he the total value. The, if you do a three-year deal, then all of a sudden, three years from now, there's no guarantee the next contract's going to be there. No, I think Jared's exactly right. From from your point, Bick, it would mm-hmm. make sense from an ownership standpoint to say, hey, we've got some yeah, concerns. We'll fully guarantee three it. years. The quarterback won't do it because every contract now and, and the— rep- I try it because if the quarterback is just hung up on the percentage, maybe you could get him to sign off on it. Okay, we're going to give India, but let's just do it for three years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I again it it's I like Lamar Jackson. I like I what he's too. all about. I don't I don't want him to be a guy that we read about fifteen years from now who never got well, he is getting paid, so that's kinda of ridiculous for me to think he's working for, you know Yeah, if they slap the franchise tag on him, he's yeah, gonna be he's, doing very he's doing very fine. well for himself. Yeah. For a year. Uh, coming yeah, up right. coming up next, the NFL PA anonymously polled its uh, membership about the conditions of team facilities. And, well, one team didn't do very well, and they happen to be in our own backyard. We'll get into the results, what it all means next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.